Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, are you ready to hear from Jeb this morning? Let's hear from Jeb. That's right, it's AG Express time. If all of our kiddos want to get up on their feet, grab your stuff and head down with Miss Jackie. She's right there in the back of the sanctuary. Hey, while our kiddos are doing that, let's give them a cheer. Woo! All right, kiddos, I'll see you downstairs for Rules with Jeff. As our kids dismiss, if you would stand to your parent with you at the same time. Uh, that his uncle passed away from cancer. But last night, a friend of his visited his uncle, and his uncle accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. You know what? It is never too late for somebody to come to Jesus. And you just never know what God might use to touch somebody's life and to bring them into the kingdom of God. Lord, as we worship this morning, God, we want to worship with spirit and with truth. Lord, we want to just love on you. Lord, we come in with heavy hearts and all sorts of things going on as we're walking closer to the Christmas season, and, but there's things going on in our lives and in workplaces and in relationships, and we can come with so much weight. And Lord, I love that the, the word says we can lift our hands to you. When we lift our hands, it is a sign of surrender. That, Lord, when we lift our hands to you, we can't hold anything of our own. And, Lord, this morning, we just surrender the heaviness, the issues that we've been dealing with to take these few moments to lift our praises to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, Jesus, we ask you, would you come with your spirit today? Would you touch the hearts and the lives in this place? Would you encourage us? Would you speak to us? Would you help us work through the issues that we're working through? Lord, we just surrender to you this morning. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together today. And I'd just like to make sure, uh, do we have all our instruments on? Okay, here we go. Uh, Kathy's going to give us an intro to angels we have heard on high, but angels aren't the only heralds. We, too, are to be heralds of the good news. Amen? The good news of Jesus Christ, somebody that brought the good news to Chuck's uncle. Amen? We bear the good news. Jesus said, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the very ends of the earth. Kathy, you want to give us the intro? Angels, we have heard.
to God in the highest. Amen. And God, we pray for the peace of God. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. How, how long, Lord? How long? We're going to sing the Lord's Prayer today. The Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come. For Jesus is with us. May his will be done. Amen. Here we go. Oh, Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven. Right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us, as we forgive the ones who sin against us. Forgive them and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come, Father, Father, let your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done, on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart, Father, let your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done, on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us, as we forgive the ones who sinned against us. Forgive them and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. in today as he speaks the name of Jesus over us. Whatever you're facing, the name of Jesus, it says that the name of Jesus, 
every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus to every dark addiction such to
Church, would you just join with me in praying uh, for our sister churches this morning in Tennessee? Tornadoes have ripped through that state, and this morning, we've got churches that are engaged in ministry. Um, we have churches that have canceled service to be in the community, helping people who have lost homes and yards. Um, I just think it's awesome that the church responds. And I just want to pray for those, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who are in these communities, that their fruit today would be fruitful, um, that they would have the opportunity to just not speak Jesus, but to show Jesus to people. How cool would it be today, in the midst of tragedy, people give their lives to Christ? Let's pray for them this morning. Lord, we lift up the state of Tennessee that has been wrecked by these tornadoes that have gone through. And Lord, we lift up the churches. Lord, I thank you for bold, visionary pastors and boards who said, look, we're going to respond to the crisis. It's not about us. It's about the ministry. It's about the kingdom. And Lord, today, as they are in the streets and in the highways and the byways and picking up debris and helping people in their homes and, and reaching out and loving on people and delivering water, that God, you would use your church the way that you intended us to be, to be witnesses to the kingdom. Lord, I pray for gifts and talents to be used by your church today to touch people's lives. And Lord, we pray for salvations today as we lift up also, Lord, those Jesus, that miracles would happen. Lord, for those people who feel that they have been abandoned, that are in darkness in these tunnels or held captivity or maybe even moved to other, other regions. That, God, they feel they are lost. God, I pray, send your angels now. Let them know that they are not alone and there are people coming for them. God, move in your power. I pray even now that, Lord, that those who might be holding them captive that, God, there would be such transition in their mind and in their heart. They would have no other cause, no other action but to release them, to let them go as if it was not even their own action. But, God, you would move on their heart and mind to free these captives. God, we know you still do miracles. And, God, we have seen your hand at work and miracles happening all over the place. And, Lord, we pray now that we would hear of testimonies of miracles of prisoners being set free, and that, God, it is only by your divine hand. We give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. We pray over the word as it is preached today, that, God, you would anoint your servant for this morning, and that, God, you would open our ears to hear your word. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor 
And God's people said, amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. All right, now I'm a firm believer that when you're public speaking, you should not have things in your mouth, but I'm going to let you know that I have a lozenger in my mouth. One of the medications I'm on dries out my throat really bad, uh, so I do have a lozenger. So if I get really animated preaching today and projectiles start shooting out at you, all right, just ignore it. We can keep moving. Also, if I start choking up here, someone please come give me the Heimlich, okay? Uh, so we're good to go. Well, Christmas is around the corner. Are you excited? Thank you for whoever has been praying for snow that they didn't pray for it this morning. I'm glad to have a little bit of a break from snow on Sundays. Um, Christmas is, is a unique season. There's things that you kind of associate with the season as we get ready. And how many of you ever have received a fruit basket for Christmas? <laughs> Three people. Great. Someone's getting one today. I'm just letting you know. So if you, maybe you're one of the people who've never gotten one. Um, I have gotten fruit baskets. Maybe, maybe it's just a thing they give pastors. I don't know. Um, or people are saying, you should eat healthier. I maybe a mix of those things. But you can get all sorts of, of crazy things in a fruit basket. And so we've got a, a bunch of different fruit up here. Sometimes you get things that, that aren't fruit in your fruit basket. Like you can get nuts. And I just want you to say right now with me, God wants fruit. Not nuts. Look, there are plenty of exotic fruits out there for the church, okay? All right? So uh, we don't want nuts in church. We want fruits. There's plenty of crazy, strange, and exotic fruits that you could be. But tell me really quick, what are some of your favorite fruits over here? Somebody tell me your favorite fruit. Oranges. Oranges. All right. Somebody else. What? Is, watermelon. I didn't have room in, the, in there for a watermelon. Some, somebody from this section. Favorite fruit. Oh, okay. All right, see exotic, strange fruits. Um, what was it? Cashews. Ca- cashews. Okay, over here. Mango. All right, grapes. Over on the far side, give me a couple. Strawberries. Anybody else? What? Okay, you got to sit over there. That's where the watermelon people are. All right, we're not second grading you today by your fruit, okay? Um, when I think of fruits, it's kind of interesting. The one fruit that gets neglected all right, is the tomato. I mean, really, it is a fruit, but it has to sit at the table with the vegetables. You go to the supermarket, it's with all the vegetables. It's left alone. It goes over there. It's kind of like at the holiday season, if you ever were a college student and you came home, you're excited to be home for the holidays, Christmas rolls around, and you're ready to sit at the dining room table with cousin, cousin, and look, let's just be honest. We've all, a lot of us have been there, and you're sitting there looking at the main table, and you're just going, I wonder who could possibly pass away next year that I might take their seat at the table. (laughs) Horrible thoughts, I know. But look, when you're the tomato, that's the way it is, right? He gets left out. He just doesn't quite fit in. Uh, This morning, what I want to really talk to you about is diversity and spiritual diversity in the church. Now, I know somebody has just had a conniption because pastor said diversity from the pulpit, and I am just tired of our culture taking words that are great descriptions of church things and ruining them, (laughs) all right? Diversity is a good thing because God created diversity, and there is no organization on the face of the planet that should be more diverse than the church, right? This should be the most diverse place uh, of people from different backgrounds, different races, different cultures, coming together, not because of our differences, but coming together because of Jesus. 
and that we can celebrate our differences. And that's really what I want to talk about today. We're in our series, Callings and Conflicts. We're going back to the book of Acts. Let's do that together. Acts chapter 14, verse 1. And remember, Paul and Barnabas, they're on this missionary journey. Uh, They were in Antioch the last time we were with them. Uh, they began to preach, things were going good, and then there was a bunch of struggles in the church. Or not so much in the church, but in the communities. There was divisiveness. Uh, there were those who were jealous of what was happening, and that these guys came from out of town, and, and all these things were happening. And so you're going to see some of those same things. I'm not going to rehash my message from two weeks ago. You can go listen to that online. But I want to draw special attention to the first verse And that's the main part of where my message will come from. And then uh, at the very end, just the last couple of verses to encourage you before we leave today. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 14, starting in verse uh, verse 1. I think it's verse 1, is that correct? Yes, it is. Good. I wrote wrote my notes correctly. At Iconom, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed their message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others sided with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them, but they found out about it and fled to look and look. Okay, I'm gonna mess it up. Lycanonian cities of Lystra and debris and the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. So let's take a look at that first verse one more time, and we're gonna begin to just break it apart a little bit. So here they are, they're at a new city. Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. Once again, we see Paul and Barnabas, and their ministry starts at the synagogue, which was the Jewish church. Now, many of these people had never heard about Jesus. They are a far way away uh, from, from the area of which Jesus ministered in. So a lot of these people had never heard about Jesus. This is their first time hearing the gospel message, and they do it in the synagogue. This is a great example for us to follow today. When doing ministry in a community, it's always best to start with the local church. If we're going to a community to do something, your community, what are what are comes to missions? In general, missions, we try to, and, and not just our church, but our missionaries in general. Our missionaries are always trying to partner or establish a local church. And why is that? Because missionaries move on. Guest speakers come and go. But ongoing healthy ministry always requires the local church body. Because they're the ones there that are producing the long-term fruit. Every community needs a local church. Amen? Amen. Let me say that again. Every community needs a local church. Amen? Amen. We want to see that happen. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, 
Why did so many Greek and Jews believers turn to Jesus? Let's put verse 1 back up there, if you'll do that, Anthony. Why did so many people come to Jesus? Oh, man, Chris, you're on it. That's it. Look at what Isaiah 55, 10, and 11 says. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it may yield seeds for the sower and the bread for the eater, so, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What a credible passage of scripture. I want to let you know this morning, effective preaching of the word of God is extremely important. Having a local church body that has effective preaching and teaching is important. Effective preaching is still relevant today. It still changes hearts and minds. Effective preaching does not have an expiration date, and effective preaching makes differences in people's lives. There are still people coming to Jesus today because of effective preaching. Amen? And maybe you'll be one of those people today. My main point that I want to talk about today is this, understanding personality, offices, callings, gifts, and talents within the church. Today is really a lot about teaching. There'll be some preaching, but just some laying out some things that are spiritual truths that maybe we've never really heard about, and for some of us, maybe we have some confusion about. Paul and Barnabas were missionaries. They were preachers. They were evangelists, but they were not pastors. There's a difference. But however, in the months ahead, we will see that Paul takes on an apprentice by the name of Timothy, and Timothy traveled with Paul for some time, eventually developing his own calling, and he becomes a very influential pastor in Ephesus. He becomes a local shepherd. His calling was different from that of Paul. Sometimes in the church, we try to compare apples and oranges. One of the conflicts that you're going to run into and that churches run into as we develop our personal callings, we're going to find out that not everybody's calling is the same as ours. And for a lot of churches, this leads to conflict. And I want to tell you, here at Hillside, that's not what we want. We want you to step into the calling God has for you. We want you to step into the giftings God has for you. We want you to step into the talents that God has for you because your talents, your callings, your giftings don't take away from the church. They add to the church. And the church is more than this building and more than this property. Amen? The church is people. And the greatest ministry the church does is not in this building. It is in your workplaces, in your community, uh, in your schools. That's where the greatest ministry should be taking place because that's what we see in the New Testament church is what God is calling us to. All of us are called to be witnesses for Christ and to bring people to Jesus. All of us have that calling. All of us have that calling. And there are, there are different ways we're going to accomplish that goal. Now, there are some similarities 
You might remember back uh, a little over a month ago when we had our water baptism service. We put together this this pamphlet for you, how to become a Christian. And this walks through, and there there are some spiritual truths because if you're going to come to Jesus, you have to understand that you're a sinner, right? And we want people to understand that, that look, you, you, there's an imperfection in all of us. All of us are sinners. All of us have something missing, something broken in us. There's an understanding that we must communicate who Jesus is. He's the Son of God, that he came, that he died, that he rose again. And that when you put your faith in Jesus and ask him to come into your life and begin to follow him, he changes and transforms your life. So there are these things. And by the way, if you ever want these, we have these. We will print more of them. This is a resource for you to use. We want to empower you to be able to have those tools that you can walk somebody down the gospel road and they can come to Christ. But as we're doing that, it's going to be different. How I minister and how you minister to someone is going to be different based on our personalities, our offices, our callings, our gifts, and talents. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul talks about five callings and four offices. So let's take a look at those for a moment so that we can understand them. Ephesians 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. By the way, we are never going to get there until Christ calls us home. It is a work in progress continually, all right? The church doesn't get to a place and go, we've made it. No more work, guys. Fill the church with lazy boy recliners. We can all just sit back. We've all arrived. No, that's not how it works. We don't arrive until we get to heaven's door. That's when God says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the moment where we can kick back by the crystal sea, throw those fishing lines in that water, and see what fish they've got in heaven. Until then, we are a work in progress. So let's take a look at these five callings and four offices. When we talk about offices, what we're saying is these are um, positions within the church, and not just positions like a pastor's position, but, but positions that we acknowledge in the church uh, of a hierarchy of church structure, if that makes sense. So let's look at these. The first one is apostle. The word means one who is sent with a commission. Jesus had many disciples, but he selected 12 apostles, those who started a new work that we would call the church. They laid the foundations. Today in the Assemblies of God, we don't have the title apostles, and a lot of the ministry that the original apostles did was a one-time thing. However, the mission is still filled in the church by church planters and missionaries who start new works. Thank goodness there are people still starting new works, amen? Amen. Thank goodness we have people who are visionaries and say, let's go to some place that doesn't have a local church and let's start one. Let's go to a place that's never heard the gospel and let's take the gospel there and let's be creative on how we can do it. Thank goodness for apostles and thank goodness for people who, who have that calling and thank goodness for church planters and missionaries and others who start new work. The office of prophet. This is one that can kind of get complicated. We commonly associate a prophet with one who predicts the future and future events, but that is not the primary function of a prophet. 
In the New Testament, a prophet was one who proclaims the word of God. Believers in the New Testament church did not have possessions of Bibles, nor was there a New Testament written uh, and completed. How then would the local assemblies discover God's will and God's word? His spirit would share God's truth with those possessing the gift of prophecy. Paul suggested that the gift of prophecy had to do with understanding all mysteries and all knowledge. Today, the office of prophet is primarily filled by those who we call preachers. And there is a difference between preachers and pastors. We'll get into that in a little bit, but they are very different callings. And not every pastor is a preacher. They may, they may get up on Sunday morning and they may teach, but that does not mean that they are necessarily a preacher. Then there's the office of evangelists. These are bearers of good news. These individuals travel from place to place and share the gospel and win lost souls. Evangelists typically know no strangers. They can talk. And they will talk with anyone and everyone. They have an uncanny ability to be able to share Jesus in very unique ways. And they seem to be able to bring people into the kingdom of God into a, a relationship with Jesus. And sometimes it seems incredibly easy as we look at it from the outside. I'm sure it's not, but people with that gift, it's like, it just amazes me. And not everyone has that gift, let me assure you. Then we have the office of pastors and teachers. Pastors, uh, pastor means shepherd, indicating that the local church is a flock of sheep. And the responsibility is for them to be fed, nourished, and taken care of by a pastor, a local shepherd. Teachers are those who have the ability to break down biblical truths for people to understand and apply to their life. The role of, or the, the office of pastor and teacher as an office is considered to be jointly because of the way it was originally written in the original language. We separate those two out now, um, but that would not be the case back when it was originally a pastor and a teacher. I can, I can kind of relate to that. An apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, or evangelist, what, what then? Where do you go? Well, Paul also spoke about the fact that the Holy Spirit would give gifts to the church, right? And the church is not a building, it's what? And what are you? Oh, good job. Man, you even jumped. I thought somebody was going to say, we people. <laughs> we, we, we people. I'm like, good job. You guys jumped the, the thought process. Man, excellent. And so we're the church. And so we should expect that God gives us gifts. We know these as spiritual gifts, gifts of the Spirit. We'll see some of these, some of the, the spiritual gifts as offices, right? And that, that's a good thing, because if you are called to an office within the church, you want to be gifted in that area. I mean, it'd be pretty bad, like, you know, if we said, imagine if you said this, hey, we're going to call you up to the Major League Baseball, but you have no skills and you can't play baseball, but good luck. You're called to be an all-star all -star pitcher. That would not work well. You kind of need that gift to be able to fit in that office, right? And it's the same thing within the church, and just because you are gifted in that area doesn't mean that you're necessarily called to that office. Does that make sense? You can have the spiritual gift and not be in that office. Are, are we clear or have I confused everybody now? Okay, I think you're all still with me. I'm hoping. We're going to jump in here a little bit deeper. When we look at spiritual gifts, it's broken up, that the Bible talks about, it's broken up into two categories, speaking gifts or verbal gifts, and then serving gifts. Now listen, a lot of Pentecostal churches 
seem to, to, to just kind of focus in on the spiritual gifts. When Paul wrote this in the Holy Spirit's intent, it was not to say, hey, these are, these are the all-star gifts and these are the second-hand gifts. It's not like at Christmas, it's like the good gifts are under the tree and the stuff in the stockings, those are just stuck. You know, what do they call it? Stuffing stalkers? Stuff, stuff is, yeah, obviously I can't speak. See, this is what happens when, I, when I'm, I'm not preaching. This is, this is, the anointing's not there. Uh, so there's not two levels of gifts. And the gifts should not be categorized as, oh, these are the highlight gifts and these are the not-so-good gifts. No, they're gifts. We need them all. Yes. They're mentioned there for a purpose and a reason, and one gift is not better than another. All right? So if you don't have something, don't get jealous at somebody else and go, man, I really wanted an apple, but God gave me a banana. God gave you a banana because you need a banana. All right? And this is very, very important for us to understand. The gifts are the Spirit is not about what we want. The gifts and the Spirit in the church are for what we need. Okay? This is not about like, all right, Lord, let me reach in here and this is what I want. No, 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 no. It's as we are living life, God's going to give us the spiritual gifts that we need for whatever situation that we're in. So how do spiritual gifts work? Because this is one question that seems to come up a lot. Like, how does it work? And I I wish I could just tell you that it's black and white, here's how it works, but it's a little more uh, nuanced than that. Gifts are given by the Holy Spirit, first of all. You and I don't have a say in it. It's given by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes gifts are tied to personality types, but not always. There are sometimes, because of you have a certain personality type, you probably are more likely to flow in these certain gifts, but that's not always the case. Some gifts will flow in people's life for their entire life. It's a gift that God gave them, and they, they flow in that gift their entire lifetime. Other times, gifts are given that are situational. And let me give you an example of that. In my last pastoral position where I was an associate pastor, my gift set was incredibly different than it is today as your lead pastor. I flowed in very different gifts. And that was a transition going from there to here. You know, I used to, and there was a transition he's doing. He's much smarter than me. He's going to give me what I need to accomplish the job that I am in currently. And the gifts that I flow in today may not be the gifts that I flow in for the rest of my life. And if I lost some of those gifts, boy, that would be tough. But I want to be obedient to the Lord. And the Lord knows what I need. And he knows what the church needs. So let's take a deeper look into these gifts. And I'm going to go pretty quickly through these. But I want to give you an understanding because there is some confusion about some of these. So this might help understand uh, some of these gifts. The gift of administration. With this gift, the Holy Spirit enables certain, uh, certain individuals to organize, direct, implement plans to lead others in various ministries of the church. This gift is closely related to the gift of leadership, but is more goal or task oriented and is also more uh, concerned with details and organization. The gift of apostle. Now, we've already talked about some of this, but let me go over this again. A person gifted with the ability to plant new works, starting new ministries from scratch, usually goes hand in hand with someone with great vision, that has a vision for something that's not 
currently in existence, but they can see it in their mind. They can see it in their spirit. Discernment, the wisdom to recognize truth from untruth by correctly evaluating whether a behavior or teaching or a spirit is from God or from another ungodly source. And if there is a gift that your pastor prays that you can walk in, it is that. We need discernment today in the church. Evangelism, the ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel, especially to non-believers. And you probably know no strangers if you operate in that gift. Exhortation, competence in offering encouragement, comfort, and support to help someone uh, be all that God wants them to be. Faith, now listen, we all should have faith, okay? Somebody, I don't have any faith, Pastor. I didn't give that spiritual gift. There's a difference between having faith and the spiritual gift of faith. The spiritual gift of faith, people with this gift have such great confidence in the power and promises of God that they can stand strong in their belief no matter what may try to shake them. They can stand up for the church and their faith in such a way as defend and move it forward. Giving. And we want everybody to be givers. But when you have the spiritual gift of giving, it's for those who have this gift of extraordinarily over-the-top, willing and able to share the resources, just not finances, but resources, and and it gives them unbelievable joy to do so uh, and to meet the needs that they see around them. And they do not seek anything in return. Healing. A capability that's given by God, by the Holy Spirit, to restore others, to be, that, to be that physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Now, this is important. I think sometimes what we think the gift of healing is just that you pray and people get healed. And it can be that, but it is also something much deeper. There are times where people are hurting, not just physically in their body, but emotionally and spiritually. And the person with the gift of healing is able to walk alongside somebody. And as they walk along, God will use them to heal things in that individual, in their mind, in their heart. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is, just, this is beyond just praying for someone to be healed. It is a gift that God gives an individual. And as you walk with them, you, you're just he, they're being inwardly healed by the relationship with each other. And it's not anything that you are particularly doing. It is something the Holy Spirit is doing through you. Uh, we look at helps. Someone with the gift who is able to support or assist members of the body of Christ so that they may be free to minister to others. Thank goodness for people with the ability of help or the calling of helps and the spiritual gift of helps. Hospitality as a means to gift whatsoever. Not in my ability uh, marks a person who is able to stand before others, to direct others in care and uh, with care and attention, and to motivate them towards achieving their goals. You've got the gift of mercy. This is uh, uh, the defining trait of a person with great sensitivity for those who are suffering. It manifests itself uh, in, in offering compassion and encouragement and in love for giving particular help to someone in need. Prophecy, the ability to speak the message of God to others. This can, this can involve foresight uh, or visions, but does not have to. Serving, the talent uh, is identifying tasks needed for the body of Christ or for individuals and using your abilities to resource and get the job done. Speaking in tongues is the supernatural ability to speak in another language, 
typically one that you have not learned. Along with that gift is interpretation. This would be another person. You don't have to necessarily flow in both of these, but interpretation. The supernatural ability to interpret a message given in tongues. Someone that flows in this gift may also have the ability to communicate effectively what someone else is trying to say. So have you ever seen someone uh, that they're trying to say something and it's just not connecting with, with the group? And then somebody will step up and go, I think what he's trying to say is this. And all of a sudden it brings clarity. Someone with the gift of interpretation may also flow in that area as well as being able to communicate uh, an interpretation that's given in tongues. Now, a lot of us are new to Pentecostal Church and Assemblies of God. You've probably seen me from time to time uh, as I'm praying for people, and I'll pray, and I, sometimes I pray in a spiritual language. That is different than a word that is given in tongues, okay? But often when you see me pray with someone in tongues, it's just not, just not in that language, right? There's, I'm also praying in English, um, and so I just want to make that clear. So in some ways, when I'm doing that and when people do that, there's almost a self-interpretation, right? Because we're praying as well, and God's using us and flowing in that ability. However, if someone were to stand up today in our, in our, in our closing service or during worship and give a message in tongues, and someone starts speaking in tongues, there should be someone else that gives an interpretation for that, for that tongues message. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm just trying to make sure we're flowing together because there's a lot of information here. And by the way, we put this all on a, a little on your bulletin today so you can have this and look over it because I know this is a lot of information, but it's good for us to know these things. Uh, teaching, the skill to teach from the Bible and communicate, in, uh, uh, communicate it effectively for the understanding and spiritual growth of others. Pastor, this is the gift of spiritual shepherding. <clears throat> and then two gifts, excuse me, and then two gifts um, that often have a lot of confusion around them. The gift of giving words of knowledge or words of wisdom. These two gifts are similar but different. Words of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit reveals a fragment of God's knowledge to you. It may be about a person, a situation, or a thing. This is for informational purposes only. Let me give you an example. When, when I have received a word of knowledge, right, sometimes it's someone that I am ministering to, and all of a sudden, I will just know something about that person's past or what they're going through or, or some type of, of thing that doesn't necessarily mean I have to communicate that, but it helps me to better minister to them, right? All of a sudden, somebody gets mad and upset. They're talking to me, and they're going off. The Holy Spirit might go, hey, this isn't about you. This, this is about something going on in their life, and there's some pain in their life. And then when I'm able to go, okay, there's some pain happening here. This isn't personal. I can separate that. It helps me to be able to more effectively minister to them. It doesn't necessarily mean that I speak those words into that person's life. So wisdom beyond your own action in their life. Now, a lot of people will say, well, what about when somebody comes, give, stands up and gives a word in church? And we have some people that have done that. That is covered underneath these, and it flows really between three gifts, depending on what that word is. It's rather going to be prophecy, wisdom, or knowledge, or a mixture of all three, and that's okay. We don't have to identify it and put it in a column and go, okay. When that does happen, though, when, it, when a word is given, 
it should, it should take you wherever you are in that church service, right, or, or in whatever atmosphere it would be given, it should take what's happening, what God's already doing, and, and move it forward. It may, like, does that make sense? We're moving in this direction. It's going to be moving here. Um, if somebody gives a word and all of a sudden it has nothing to do with what God was doing, I put, put stipulate, I just use your, use your own common sense and discernment there. That's usually not God. All right, that's usually somebody who has an issue or their own agenda, and it can sound super spiritual. And we have had instances in this church where people have given words, and, and multiple people, just not your pastor, have gone, that, that wasn't from God. <laughs> that was, there was something not right about that word, and we've had to deal with that. Um, and I want you to know, when those things happen, whether, whether I'm up here or somebody else is up here, God will enable whoever is leading in that moment, whether it's myself or Adrian, Mike, Robbie, to step into that moment and give direction and go, yes, we're going to move forward with this, or go, hey, I'm, that may, this word today may not be for everybody. That might be a personal word for somebody. Let's keep moving on and moving forward. Uh, we're never going to try to shame anybody, but if a word is given publicly, just realize, if a word is given publicly, we then have to correct it publicly if it needs correction. We're not going to embarrass. We're not going to, you know, we'll go talk to that person afterwards. We'll move forward. Um, but if it's really off, we have to address that. Because there could be someone who is very young in the faith, and all of a sudden that really messes them up. And so I just want to make that clear so that everybody understands. And we want, we want these gifts in the church. Let me say this as well this morning. There are those who would say, why don't we see more gifts in the church? Have you ever heard anybody say that? One, I want to say this. I think the gifts are very prevalent in our church. But two, when someone says that, what do they really mean? They don't mean all of these gifts. They usually mean just a handful. Why is there not words being given? Why isn't there tongues and interpretation? And that really, that's what it boils down to, Right? Two things to that question, and I'll answer them today, and I've prayed really hard about this. One, you don't need it. If we needed it, it would be given. It's not about what we want, it's about what we need. If the word for that day is being preached and it has been said everything that needs to be said, why would the Lord need to go, well, we need to add to that. Now, I had somebody in the first church that I was in as, as a pastor who came to me and go, well, I just know that if, I, the, church, if, it, if the service didn't reach a certain spiritual point, that I need to give a word. That's my gift. I'm like, that's not how that gift works. <laughs> I'm like, you don't go, <laughs> like, I've given words in church before. Like, when that gift just comes to you, it's something that it overwhelms you. Kathy flows in this gift too. It, and I, we've never talked about this, so I'm out on a limb here. Sometimes it's something that starts in the middle of the night, and, and, it, and, it, and it feeds you all day, until you, and then you get to church, and you're like, this is the moment. Sometimes it's in the middle of service or in worship, or what it's, and it is so overpowering that if you don't speak it, you will feel like you explode. And if you don't share it, then afterwards, you're like, I agree with me. When you're used that way, it is in that, because when God uses you that way, it is humbling. And I flowed in that gift in my previous church. And there were countless times. The pastor never told me what he was preaching on, but very few times. 
And I would, I would give, give words, and I would give a three-point outline of his message that he's preaching that day. We have never taught. That happened multiple times, and Pam and Jeff can testify to that. It is incredibly humbling to be in that place. And I would always go to my senior pastor afterwards, and I would just go, was that right? Was it not? What helped me? Because this is, this is new to me as this is being developed. I don't flow a lot in that gift now. I flow in prophecy from the pulpit as preaching, but not necessarily in that gift today. The second part of that question, why, why do churches not experience the gifts? If you ask that question authentically about all the gifts and not just a few, I believe God's answer to the church, not hillside, but the church in general, the reason that the gifts don't flow in the church is because the gifts don't flow out of the church. These gifts are not meant for us to just sit around and go, woo, and throw a party. The Holy Spirit empowers us for ministry. And the gifts, when you are blessed with them, aren't just meant to flow in this building on a Sunday morning. They're meant to flow in your life on a daily basis, at your workplace, on your campus, in the neighborhood, in your family. And I believe that when we aren't willing to use God's gifts out there, why should God go, yeah, I want the gifts to flow in your church? If you're not willing to use them for the right purposes, why would I, why would I do that? Church, we need to be about the work of the kingdom. When we do what God asks us to do, there are blessings that flow with that. And one of them is we step out in faith to do ministry, and we believe in what the word says, God will give us the gifts to do ministry properly. Amen? Well, I hope I'm preaching good. <clears throat> We're going to close this out. I'm, I'm winding down. Um, some gifts are obvious. If I looked around the room, I could look at individuals, and I could definitely say there are certain gifts that are obvious in this room. I can look at myself and evaluate the gifts. I flow primarily in the gifts of, of teaching, pastor, and prophet. And I'm not a great teacher, I'll be honest. Of the gifts, those are the least, that's the least uh, of those three. But those are the gifts that I flow in. When I look at Robin, I see somebody who is definitely flowing in the gift of teacher. When I look at Chris Kafer, I see an evangelist and a teacher and somebody who is empowered with helps and mercy, and I see that in him. When I look at Jeff, that is a guy who flows in the gifts of help. I mean, it, it just, like a water fountain, Jeff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We're so grateful for you being a part of this church. When I look at my wife, I see somebody who flows in discernment. I, my wife has incredible wisdom. She is a person of mercy. Um, and and I, I just look at that. And look, I, I know how it works, guys. We've gotten the phone calls. And when you want somebody to talk about spiritual issues and that stuff, you call me. But when you're in a crisis, you call me and go, can I talk with Pam? <laughs> when you're at the hospital with you or it's someone that you're with, and you're like, we want, can you come, can, the, here it is, the phone call, can Pam come to the hospital, and you can come with her if you want. Now, I just want to say, I'm not offended by that, all right, because those are the gifts that you need in that moment, and I don't necessarily have them. I'll say something stupid, all right, this ain't going to help you. You're going to be like, man, why did we even call pastor up here? All he's good for is praying. You want somebody to like have mercy and grace and understanding and discernment to walk through decision-making, you're talking to my wife, and that's good. And you, can I tell you this? 
My gifts complement her gifts. Her gifts complement my gifts. And if you're married, I'm just going to tell you, that's how God designs it. Conflict, they're meant to embrace. If they're conflicting, it's not God's problem, it's yours. You need to work that out. God's not putting those gifts in your life to cause conflict. He's putting them because they're meant to go together, whatever those gifts are. I look at Sean Setzer. That's a gift of evangelism, brother. And look, let me just say, and here's where, it gets, where we get the conflict comes from, is we do things very differently depending on what our callings are. And as a pastor, part of my job in shepherding is to put all these together and make it work, which is challenging sometimes. But let me give you an example of how Sean and I can be in the same place, doing the same thing, and have it be incredibly different. Last weekend, we were down doing Dickens, all right? We've got all these flyers to hand out, inviting people to come to our live nativity. Sean knows no strangers, okay? He walks up to them. You would think that he knew you for like 45 years, all right? He will hug you before he even starts talking to you. He's to, and he's like, he's got this thing, and he's going through bundles of these things. I'm doing the exact same thing, except I'm going, all right, Lord, where's the one? Where's the one? That, that's it. Hey, can I invite you to? I'm like, Sean's like, boom, boom, boom. Do you need, uh, let's stop. Let's pray. Do you need Jesus? Let me tell you about my Lord. I mean, he is all over the place. I, I, I can't do that. I'm not built that way. It's not that Sean's right and I'm wrong. It's not that I'm right and Sean's wrong. It's that the church is meant to flow with different gifts and abilities. And that is okay. Now, part of my job as a shepherd is to come alongside and go, hey, let's think about this a little bit differently, all right? So don't take your gift and go, I can do no wrong. I cannot be corrected. I can flow and do whatever I want. No. <laughs> we all need to be humble. We all need to be teachable. We all need to figure out how our gifts work in the church and out of the church, right? And, God, and developing our gifts and callings is a lifetime thing. It is a lifetime adventure, now listen, you might be here this morning and you go, Pastor, I understand what you're putting out. I get all this. But what if, what if I don't feel like any of the callings you talked about, any of the gifts that you talked about, what if I can't relate with any of those? Well, one, developing gifts is a lifetime adventure. So just because you don't know what your spiritual gifts might be today does not mean that God might not show up tomorrow and start dropping them in your life. Okay, and it, it, it takes time to figure, figure these out. And like I said, some people have a gift and it's with them their whole life. Others, it's situational. You might find yourself one day in a situation, all of a sudden it's like, you're just able to do something that you couldn't do. And that happens all the time. The Bible talks about it. It says when you're before leaders and rulers, don't worry about what to say because why? The Spirit will give you the words in those moments. So you, it can happen for you. But there is another thing besides gifts and callings that's called talents. And you, everybody has a talent. Everybody. There's those of you here this morning, you're mechanically gifted. You, some of you are word woodworking. Some of you are into art. Uh, by Lisa and Dawn decorated for this baby shower. I'm just saying, if you ever need interior decorators, that's who you should call because they're incredible. It was amazing. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll spend money here. I thought I was at a store. I was like, it was incredible. 
So, I mean, those gifts, there's arts and music. Thank goodness we have people that are musically gifted and writing and communications. And there's athletes and there's people who are good with numbers and math. Thank you, Lord, that you bless Kathy with the numbers and a math mind because if the pastor had to do the books, we would be in serious trouble. There's people who are great at record keeping and photography and all these different things. The list goes on and on and on, and we need them all in the church. I'll tell you this, when it comes to talents, God gives talents to give you a platform to worship him and minister to others. I just watched a video. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dude Perfect. There were these guys who went viral about 10 years ago. Uh, they were just graduating college. They put a video together. They were making trick basketball shots. A video went viral. It went so big that Good Morning America called them up. Said, hey, we would like to, we'd like to have you come on, and, and we want to show your video. And all of a sudden, they had all these celebrities and stuff. Hey, can you do videos with us? These are college kids. So they started, they started doing this video as a part-time gig. There's five of these guys. And then they go, we think that we're supposed to abandon our job and do this full-time. they got a huge facility in Texas, uh, the Dude Perfect Ranch, and it's got buildings on it, and they do all sorts of stuff. They're doing stuff with the NFL and NBA and all this stuff. And to this day, they're still doing incredible stuff. But the, the kind of the lead guy has given his testimony. It's incredible to hear him talk about it. He goes, we were walking through this, and then I realized God gave us this as a platform to do ministry and now, not only are they doing their Dude Perfect videos, but they're also doing ministry and sharing Jesus with these people that they meet and speaking all over the place. And God has blessed them and done incredible things. Why? Because they were goofy guys who were athletic that could make basketball and throw Frisbees. Now listen, you watch these videos, it looks like they make this shot from like, you know, the top of a stadium into a basketball goal on the first try. Yeah, it's like a thousand, you know, uh, shots, 1,500 shots to make that. But God has used that as their platform to minister to others. And if God can use a guy throwing a ball and another guy with a camera, I'm telling you, whatever God has put in you, God can use as a platform for you to share. Worship team, would you come back to the platform this morning? Church, we don't want you to be in conflict with each other. We're meant to be a church. We're meant to be a fruit basket. <laughs> when I was a young man, I went on a youth retreat and came home one night. My mom had made fruit salad, put it in the fridge. When I woke up in the middle of the night, found myself hungry, I went to the fridge and opened it. Sitting there was this bowl with all these different chopped up fruits and everything else, and I will never forget the Holy Spirit speaking to me because I was at a moment in conflict in my life. And I was trying so hard to emulate men and women of God who had poured into my life at this point and trying to be and do ministry like they did. And I will never forget the Spirit speaking to me and saying, I've called you to be a kiwi, not a watermelon, so get over it. And I realized in that moment, that might sound really crazy to some of you in this room, God called me to be a fuzzy, short, green fruit that's sometimes sour, sometimes sweet, full of seeds. That's what he called me to be. I may not be like anybody else, 
I'm not Stephen Furtick. I'm not Chip Ingram. I'm not called to be. I'm called to be Eric. And I have embraced that call in my life. And I like who God is making me to be. My desire for you is that you embrace who God is calling you to be. Develop your fruits. Develop your talents. Develop your spiritual gifts. And God will do the rest. Be aware. And don't put pressure on yourself. Like, I got to figure this all out overnight. It's going to take a lifetime. Breathe. But be the person God's calling you to be. Don't try to be somebody else. This is a great opportunity for you this morning to just thank somebody for being themselves. But I just want to thank Ron Fader for his service to this church. He does security for us every Sunday morning. He's greeting you at the door. He's the church bouncer if we ever need a bouncer. Him and Joe, they got it covered. Um, he has served so faithfully, serves the fire department, serves our community. He is who he is. Um, and I just want to say, Ron, I appreciate you and all you do. And so, Ron, we got a fruit basket for you this morning for your birthday. And there's some meat and cheese in the fridge up here for you as well. But thank you for being you. Oh, thank you. And so, happy birthday. We're not going to say how old you are. No. So, he's still young, very young. Church, great, no problem. Hannah's going to fill you in on everything that we talked about, because I'm sure Ron was saving the day in Ripon somewhere. Um, and Fond du Lac. He wasn't even in our community. He was with somebody else's community. Um, I want to I wanna just say this morning as, as we get ready to close, if you would go back to me with that original passage, and I was not going to do this, I was going to end here, but I just feel so strongly to share this with you. In verse 5, it says this, Therefore there was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled. They fled to the cities of Lystra and, and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the gospel. Paul and Barnabas were not ignorant to their surroundings. They were aware of what was going on. They were aware that what was, when they were preaching, they were doing ministry, they were aware that there was tensions. And when they heard word that there was possibility of, of them being stoned, them being hurt, they were aware and they moved. <laughs> I think sometimes the church is just like, well, we just got to stand here and take it. I want to just tell you, we live in a world that is crazy. It's crazy. This last week on the campus of UNLV in Nevada, a professor shot students. That's crazy. And I know sometimes we can say, well, we live in Ripon. We're in this small community. We're not in a major city. We're not even like Fond du Lac or Oshkosh. But I just want to tell you, the enemy is everywhere. And church, be aware and listen for the voice of God. When you're shopping downtown, when you're going to the... I'm not trying to scare you or freak you out. That is not the goal of why I say this. But just be aware of your surroundings. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you about someone or something while you're out and about, listen and do what the Holy Spirit says. And I'm going to tell you, if the Holy Spirit tells you to run or get out of a place, get out of there. Twice in my life, I've heard the voice before anything happened that said, get out of here. You got to move. 
And I have obeyed both times, and both times it's probably saved my life. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, engage. He'll say, hey, you need to go talk to this person. You need to go do something. I've shared the story of my, one of my best friends in high school. God spoke to him. Holy Spirit said, you've got to go talk to this guy right now. They're in the men's bathroom. You've got to talk to him. You've got to talk to him. He ignored it, walked out. Five seconds later, the guy shot himself. And my friend struggled with that for a long time, but he said, never again. When I hear the voice, I will obey. And I just want to tell you guys, the world has a lot of evil in it. But I love this quote. Uh, it's given to Edmund Burke, but we don't really know where it originally came from. It's quoted to him. But, and it says this, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Guys, we live in an age where we've got to stand up and we've got to engage. But we want to do so when the Holy Spirit tells us to. I'm not trying to scare you, but you are equipped. We talked about the gifts this morning. If God asks you to engage, he will equip you with the tools that you need to engage in that situation. Whether it's just talking with someone or being involved in a situation or whatever it might be, you have the ability when God says, I need you to jump into this, he will equip you for the moment. Church, would you stand to your feet? If you're here this morning and you would just say, you would acknowledge to the Holy Spirit, not to me, but just say, God, I want to be developed in all the things that you want to do, my talents, your giftings you want to give me, whatever you want to do in my life, I want to spend the rest of my life investing in that and developing those gifts. Would you just raise your hand this morning to acknowledge to God, yes, God, I want you to develop me. I want you to do things in and through me this morning. Holy Spirit, we speak to you this morning. God, you've given us so much to chew on today. Every person in this place has gifts and talents. Every person in this place, you have called to be your witness. And every person in this place is going to be given a platform. For some of us, it, it may be big platforms. For others, it might be small. It's not the size of the platform. It's the calling that matters. Lord, Lord we're not here to compete with each other. We're here because we are the church. And we are called to work alongside each other so that the fruit of the kingdom might be realized here in Ripon and the surrounding communities. Holy Spirit, we thank you because you are awesome. <laughs> there are not words to describe. The Lord Jesus, when you came back, you rose from the dead. You said, I'm not leaving you alone, but I will equip the church with someone who will walk with you every moment of your day. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and moving. And while there may be a lot of darkness in the world, the church still exists. The light is still lit, and it shines brightest. You are community. Have your way in and through us. Lord, we end today by lifting your name in praise and worship. Mike, would you lead us in a worship song today? And then we'll pray over our offering and dismiss. And would you pray over our offering this morning and dismiss us? Church, I love you. Please take what's been said today. I don't think it's my words. I really think this is what God wanted to teach us today. And let's apply it. 
Look over that list. If you don't know what gifts that you're flowing in, look over that list and just begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what spiritual gifts do I need in my life? Not that you want. It's not a shopping list. But Lord, what gifts are you, gonna, are you trying to call and develop in my life right now in this season? God's not going to leave you hanging. He's going to start speaking to you about that. If you sincerely pray and talk to him, he'll meet you right where you're at this morning. Amen? Amen. Let's close in worship, and then Michael dismisses praying over our offering. As a pastor had this teaching on, on the gifts, let's just sing about God's kingdom coming, for it's uh, about us all being a part of his kingdom. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day. Uh, 15 minutes from now, uh, if you're going to get your costumes, we're going to meet back here in the sanctuary. Uh, Jack will be up, and Anna and Adrian will be helping get all the costumes set up, and we'll do a read-through. Mike, would you pray and dismiss us today and pray over our offering? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give unto the Lord today for the work of the ministry, Lord, here in the house of the Lord. And as we are able as Hillside to to bless people, and as Pastor said, to reach out into our community, into people's lives, and to find where those needs are. Lord, we just give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and uh, we, we just pray your blessing upon your people now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said,